The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Thomas Arnojo. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Dom. It's good to be here. And Jack Barazzini. Welcome back, Jack. Thanks. It's good to be here. (laughs) It's alliterative. It rhymes. I know. It's not intentional. (laughs) Before we get to today's topics, I want to recommend another show on the StarQuest Network that I'm sure you will enjoy called The Secrets of Star Wars. And you can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Star Wars. Sorry, I'm, uh, I've got a cough drop. I'm, I'm going to be stumbling over my, my <laughs> lips and teeth all, this whole time. But I think it's better than me coughing the whole time. Just talk like Sean Connery. Yeah, or Sean Connery's Secrets of Technology. <laughs> um, that was a terrible Sean Connery. So <laughs> let's move on and get to today's topics, which is it's December uh, as as this episode releases, not as we record it, but as it releases, it will be December, which means it's time to start thinking about Christmas gifts for your loved ones or maybe for yourself. And while I know that we don't want to be too consumerist about things, it's I mean, there's a lot of talk about stuff around Christmas, and I get that. Uh, but we also want to do nice things for the people in our lives or people will ask us what to get us for Christmas because they want to do a nice thing for us at Christmas time. So keeping that in mind, we're not recommending that you buy everything that we're about to discuss, but we are going to do it. We're going to, the next few weeks, I know not everything. It would be way too much. Um, (laughs) But the next few weeks, we're going to have some topically themed Christmas gift guides. And this week we're going to be talking uh, around wearables, some, some gift ideas surrounding the idea of wearables. Now I want to say right here up front, when we do these gift guides, these are different from our picks of the week. Like the gift guide is things that that we might have owned or tried or have experience with, but some of it could also be aspirational or things that we just think are cool that we wouldn't mind getting for ourselves or that sort of thing. So uh, these aren't necessarily endorsements on our part, but they are you know, more like things that we think might make good gifts if and that you should maybe check them out. But use your your buyer's discretion when you're uh, shopping for these things. Uh, so with that said, we're going to be talking about wearables. Thomas, wearables was your idea. And I wanted to ask you, what do you, what do you consider wearables? <laughs> that's a, that's a tough question, which I probably should have asked before <laughs> I made my list, but go ahead. <laughs> no, it's, I, I think this is, this is anything that the intention of the item is that you put it on your body somewhere and it collects data, is used somehow, but the the intention of it that it's interacted with without your hands. So you don't have to, you know, your phone is a wearable technically because you're going to stick it in your pocket, right? But, right. I, but you have, still have to pull that out and interact with it with your hands. So I'm thinking anything that is hands off, but still doing something on your body, that's technology. Okay, that's good. That's a good definition. So yeah. why don't we get started with that? And I'll let you start uh, start off with your for- first gift idea in this wearables space. All right. I think I, I, this is probably going to be the first one we all do, which is uh, the first one we all thought of, too, is uh, <laughs> headphones, um, yes. some some variety of headphones, because, you know, headphones are, are great when you have to plug them in. But a lot of headphones now we have are usable uh, blue- by Bluetooth. And that makes them infinitely more usable, first off, and then also uh, just really great uh, in-ear most of the time, but sometimes over the ear, too. Uh, And the ones that I picked were JBLs. Um, I love my JBL headphones. I got them years ago because I needed a set of Bluetooth headphones (laughs) and just walked into Best Buy and grabbed the cheapest ones I could find. Uh Um, And they've they've served me extremely well for years. Uh, The case is nice. It's a good, durable case. It's got a sleek little USB uh, cable that kind of tucks into it so that it looks like a little pod. And then you just pull a little USB cable out and plug it in wherever you can. 
charge it up. Uh, the battery lasts for a good long time, and the sound's great. Uh, they have all sorts of varieties, so there's the cheapest ones they have are like $25, and then you can go all the way up to like $150, uh, really nice, you know, like pro set. And they might even have some that are more expensive than that, but really the, the ones that I got uh, probably six years ago now were 50 bucks and they've lasted me this entire time the battery has not failed on them they're, they're still going strong and they are used very regularly <laughs> cool awesome nice yeah they uh yeah they're on sale right now on the jbl website so check that link if you're interested to get them while they're still on sale it's a 50 percent off sale which is pretty generous excellent so jack what's your first gift idea uh, my first gift idea is in the same vein, uh, headphones. It's the Google Pixel Buds Pro. Um, they're essentially Google's answer to the AirPods Pro, and they're very good headphones. I will say this with a caveat that I got them at a discount of $50 off. They're normally $200, but they're, you can find them pretty often for $150, and I would say that's really the best price point to get them at. Um, but they're nice true wireless earbuds. They uh, have active noise canceling. They do the Dolby Atmos thing. Um, they're really comfortable, which is nice. They don't have like any sort of stems or like pieces sticking out. So they just sit right in your ears. And if you have a Google Pixel phone, they do the same thing that the AirPods do, where it's a completely seamless experience. Um, one feature that I really like um, is that they have the wireless charging in built into the case. So you can charge it off the back of your phone if you need to. Oh, that's nice. The charging off the mm. phone is a good one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And well, I mean, I guess I'll round out this this panel with uh, my pick, which is the AirPods Pro. Uh, so it looks like we've we've all <laughs> fallen into our pattern. I'm Apple, you're Google, and you're a third party uh, upstart. <laughs> so, <random something>. <laughs> <laughs> which is much less expensive and much more sensible. But I love the AirPods Pro. I've I've had airpods pro for a while now and i i I made the mistake of letting my wife try my airpods pro with the noise cancellation and i almost didn't get them back so she got some for her birthday uh, <laughs> because what what we both love about it is the noise cancellation mm -hmm. the no like the mm -hmm. you just pop them in your ear and suddenly all the noise goes away and she was saying like she likes to listen to podcasts and stuff during while she's making dinner and it's just the kids are running around and everything's making noise and stuff like that. And she pops it in and suddenly she can hear her podcasts and it's wonderful. And let me tell you another thing that I discovered. I went to uh, my nephew's wedding this past week who in his mid twenties and I'm, I'm such an old man. It was so loud. <laughs> and I mean, frankly, my ears are still ringing uh, days later, but um, <laughs> I, you, if you, if you go to something like that, you pop in your noise canceling, earbuds and it's while it doesn't make the sound go away it reduces it quite a bit to mm -hmm. basically safer levels and it was so much better and with the transparency mode you can actually hold a conversation with uh, people in fact i saw recently a study that showed that um airpods pro because uh, um hearing aids are now available over the counter uh, prescription ones will always be better but they found that the airpods pro and probably the the, the uh, pixel buds probably are the same way they work really well as better than any of the other over the counter headphones. So mm -hmm. that was, that was pretty remarkable. So, uh, AirPods, well, they're not cheap. They're, they're kind of pricey. They're up there like the pixel buds. Um, but I, I love them there. I mean, they're worth it for me. So, uh, yeah, it's great. So, um, that brings us back around to you, Thomas. What's your next gift idea? All right. Um, so my next one is uh, a watch recommendation. And um, this this is based on my use of the Galaxy 4, uh, which I've had for a while. Uh, and the Galaxy 5 watch just came out recently. I am definitely interested <laughs> in getting one. And, and this is from a guy who until just before this year never wore a wristwatch and got one this year because I was like, yeah, you know, I really need one. I, I'm seeing a lot of other people wear them. I might as well go ahead and get the smartwatch. And I have just fallen in love with this thing. I, I love the way it works. It keeps a charge fantastically. I really only have to charge it like every few days. Uh, I just put it back on the charger for maybe an hour and then pick it back up and it's ready to go. Uh, so I'm the Galaxy Watch 5 seems to be all the same stuff, just better. <laughs> so it's like the next generation of it. Uh, so I'm definitely looking for it. 
I will say one thing. Go ahead and get get it fresh. But if you wait a little while, I got mine as a refurb. And so it was Galaxy Watch 4. I got it as one of those that, you know, somebody had returned it or something like that. And it so it, was, it came, you know, secondhand, but it had a a, a warranty on it at, the, at that secondhand. And it's been fine. It's been a great watch. So something was wrong with it or they just didn't want it and it got returned and couldn't be resold as new. That's awesome. I really like the round form factor of the watches. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish the Apple Watch were round because, um, I don't know, it's, to me, watches should be round. That I don't know, because time is <laughs> circular and not square. I don't know. I just, But I, I do like that. I notice it looks on, nicer. It does. It does. And I notice on the uh, Samsung website that they give a, 20, a $75 trading credit on the Watch 5 for any watch trade in any condition. So, I mean, if you've got an old one laying around... That's no good. Yeah, definitely uh, save some money. Excellent. Good pick. Jack, what's your next uh, gift idea? Um, my next gift idea is just a fun little novelty gift. It's uh, the uh, Star Trek Next Generation Com Badge Bluetooth Communicator. Uh, um, and it's just like a Bluetooth communicator. Uh, you can connect it to your phone and you can use it to take calls and uh, to make calls out. And it's I actually ha- that's one of the ones that I have. Um you can attach it magnetically to your shirt, which is nice. So you can just wear it anywhere. And when you hit it, it does like the little chirp. So this is the sound I was going to say. It's got a yeah. chirp. Oh my yes, gosh. No, it's, I don't know how much practical utility it has, but it is awesome. Oh, my childhood, my childhood coming to life. This is <laughs> awesome. I, I, this is definitely going on my Christmas list. That's, that's for sure. Good one. Uh, how about you, Thomas? What's your next idea? Oh no, that was, that's no, my turn. Your turn, man. My turn. Sorry. <laughs> get myself mixed up. Uh, so I'm also picking a watch and I've mentioned this before. I upgraded recently this year to the Apple watch series eight and I love it. The battery life is improved. I, I sometimes look at when we talked about this months ago when the Apple introduced these, I was like, I don't need an Apple watch ultra. I'm not that guy. I kind of wish I it's, it's too much watch. I kind of wish I got it, but it is, I recognize it's too much watch, but the series eight, is a great watch. The battery life is not quite what the, um, the, 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 the galaxy is. It's not, I can't wear it for several days, but I can wear it overnight. I can wear it 24 hours and it's still got a 25% to a third of the charge left. So, you know, I, I, so now I can do sleep tracking with it and the body temperature tracking the, which it does when you're sleeping. And then I get up, I throw it on the charger before I get in the shower. And by the time I'm done, it's fully charged and ready to go again. So it's a, uh, it's an awesome watch. I, it's got a nice big screen. And the thing about it, I love There's a couple of things I love about it is the integration with things like focus mode. So like right now, when I'm podcasting, I hit a button on my stream deck on my desk and it puts all my stuff into, among other things, it does a bunch of stuff, but it also puts everything into a focus mode. That also sets a custom watch face that's distraction free. It's got the time and the date and that's it. Um, and and it won't pop up any notifications or anything. And I, so I love that. It's automatic. And I just love having all that stuff automated. So um, and the Series 8 is uh, I figure what it is like two. It's three four hundred. Uh, I think it's actually paid less than that. I, I think that might be one of the upper level ones. Um, but there, you can also get the SE and there's some lower level ones that still have a lot of the same features and like that. Apple Pay, by the way, is also really awesome. I really love walking up to any counter mm. and hitting the button twice and paying right there, then and there. The only thing I, w- I must say, I think I mentioned this before, the makers of those little terminals have to get on the same page and figure out where on the pad on the terminal, they're going to put the reader. <laughs> right. Cause I'm always like waving my arm around, like I'm stirring something, trying to find it. It's just, it's kind of, it's a little bit it's a magic spell. Yes. It's, it's like you have to cast your spell. To yes, create the, the vortex. Sign of the cross over it. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> I have to bless the terminal. Uh, so uh, Apple watch series eight, no surprise. That's, that's my, uh, I, one of my gift ideas. So, all right, now it's time to go back to you, Thomas. What's your next one? All right. So my my next one's a little bit more of uh, the uh, Cub Scout uh, dad in me. Uh, this is called uh, the Everlight Headlamp. And 
it's it's a great headlamp like this thing looks amazing <laughs> and the the thing that really sold me on 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 wanting one of these is that it's got a motion sensor in it that turns the lamp on and off so you just wave your hand up oh. by your head and you don't have to click a button or or anything like that it's nice and sleek it has a a big long led on it but also uh kind of a pin light off the side that's just a regular flashlight so if you're used to using headlamp as a as a camper it's got that that pin light function but then it's also got this really broad led set that casts a very wide uh light in front of you so anybody who's in the market for this kind of thing or knows someone who camps a lot or is into into hiking and might need something like this i i would love one of these personally i think it'd be great this looks awesome. I have I have a bunch of headlamps because I'm a scout dad, too. And um, I've got one that looks like I'm a Navy SEAL. I mean, it's got like five right. bright LED lights on the front. Um, it's almost too much. But this, it, like, I like this. It's sleek. The thing about, about headlamps is they can get heavy, you know, if mm-hmm. they if it's too much, too much battery or whatever. Also, I notice in this that it, it does um, USB charging, but you can also use AAA batteries on a pinch. Which right. is fantastic because you're more likely to find a AAA battery out in the woods than you are to find a plug find in a USB charger. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, that's a good one. And again, it's because it's the shopping, you know, the present shopping season. Uh, they have 50 percent off on their website right now. So uh, that's a pretty good deal. Excellent. So, Jack, what's what's up next for you for a, a gift idea? My next pick is the uh, Fitbit Inspire 3. Um, it's the the bare bones uh, lowest uh, Fitbit that they make, and I like it because it's just it's nice and small, and it just does the basic things. It does all the health and wellness tracking and workouts and stuff like that, but it doesn't really have a lot of the other distractions that you can get when you go up to a full smartwatch. Um, and it's it's only a hundred dollars, so it's pretty cheap, um, and it's good if you're just looking for something where you can just it's just going to be focused on the fitness aspect and none of the other bells and whistles. Yeah. I mean, it does blood oxygen and heart rate and all that sort of stuff, too. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty good thing. And plus, it's a kind of 10 day battery. You know, what I mean, yeah, which yeah. is really nice. That is a nice idea. Yeah. Fitbit's been around for a while and uh, they figured this space out pretty early. That's a good one. So my next one is another set of headphones, but these are over the ear headphones. And as I was looking these up, I don't it looks like they might be. Um, phasing these out. These are from Soundcore, which is uh, a, an anchor company. Anchors like makes the batteries and other chargers like that. But uh, their their brand for um, audio is called Soundcore, and these are the Soundcore Life Q10 Bluetooth headphones. And I I've eventually gotten one uh, one of these for each of my kids. All five of my kids have these. Um, they're inexpensive over here over the ear headphones that work really well. Uh, they keep a good charge. The kids can wander pretty far from their devices and still listen to them. I mean, my kids practically have them on all the time. Um, I, I end up sticking a tile tracker to them so that they're constantly <laughs> nice. like, dad, where's my headphones? So, um, and one of the things they, they tend to do is when they lose them, the first thing they do is they play the Imperial March on full volume and then try to find it, <laughs> you know, follow the sound. So that's clever of them. Nice. But, uh, they're they're 50 bucks now. I think they were cheaper when I bought them. I think they were like 40, but they're 50 bucks now, but they have a 30% off uh, right now. They're probably clearing out their inventory. So I would say definitely check it out while you can. They have other headphones with noise canceling and stuff like that. So, you know, th- those are a little more expensive. Like the Life Q10s are 60 bucks, but, you know, like I said, they they um, they have noise canceling. So that's actually pretty good. Yeah, I actually have these ones you're talking about, and they do a good job of blocking out sound just with the insulating foam. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, they do, they get pretty good coverage. I mean, they, they either that or my kids are ignoring me all the time. But yeah, I mean, they seem to <laughs> block out extraneous sound. I have kids who have um, uh, audio like misophonia, like other people's mm-hmm. noises drive them crazy. Um, you get irrationally angry, <laughs> and I mean, despite being in addition to being teens, and so they they put these on and it kind of calms them down with, you know, music or audio book. They use them a lot for audio books. So we pair them with their Kindles, that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, my, my recommendation is, uh, these Soundcore Q10s. 
All right. Uh, brings it back to you, Thomas. So mine, is, this is another health and fitness tracker that I'm recommending, and um, it's called the Aura Ring, O-U-R-A. Um, and it's a fitness tracker. It does bare bones basics. So there's no screen. There's no interaction with it. You you Bluetooth it to your apps and, and it updates the information in there, which is what your watch is going to do anyway. And my big thing with the watch is I'm always concerned about how accurate the readings are because it kind of wobbles around on my wrist i can't i don't want to like crank it down on my wrist so that it's perfectly stationed in the in the same spot or something like that and um my wife also has problems with wearing watches and and wearing watches out like she has a, a bioelectric field so we're gonna get her one of these actually that uh, uh will fit on her finger it'll be a little less in the way of everything and it tracks your sleep, tracks your temp, uh, does all the same kind of trackings that, that like the Fitbits and things do. Uh, not quite to the depth of some of them, but it's a great idea. And it's one of those things that I think uh, it, they look really nice, too. That's the other thing. It's like it, it does look like a piece of jewelry. It's a little bulkier than just a normal ring, but it's something you could wear and wouldn't you wouldn't mind wearing out to do things. Awesome. Yeah, that's a nice idea yeah, to make it smaller i wonder how long the the charges on them but uh i would imagine it's, it's not bad because it's so small um yeah i've heard that the battery life is pretty good on them so cool cool excellent good idea yeah I and mean, some people just don't want to wear a watch they just they, they don't mm -hmm. like having something on their wrist and that sort of thing and um so i get that yeah ring is probably better and and i will say the, the one thing that, that a lot of people say is a detractor from this one is that there's no alarm function mm -hmm. but I think part of the design feature for this one is that it's not going to interfere back with you. It's just tracking. That's it's not right. <laughs> it's not going to give you notifications. It's not going to be another thing that you have to pay attention to. It's there to track you and give you some information about yourself. Put it on and forget about it. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Jack, what's your next gift idea? My next idea is the uh, Fossil Nutra Gen 6 Hybrid Smartwatch. Um, I really like this one because it's kind of a melding of a traditional analog watch and a Fitbit kind of watch where it does all the health tracking and everything, but it doesn't have a OLED or LCD screen. It has um, an always on uh, e-ink display, which is nice because that also uses mm -hmm. a lot less energy and it also has physical analog hands. So you can get like all your, your step tracking, your heart rate and all those normal health metrics you get from a smartwatch but it looks very clean and you have those actual physical analog hands, which I just like that look. Yeah. It's sleek. I mean, I can imagine this is something for like, like a sportsman sort of thing, you mm -hmm. know? I mean, I, mm -hmm. I don't know how rugged it is, but uh, it looks very sporty, but classy at the same time. Um, uh, at least the one in black does. Uh, and it's one eighty nine on Amazon, which is not bad. I mean, that's right. Uh, right up there. I mean, that's the thing. Watch is a good watch. I think some of my age, we remember when you could get a Timex at the at the corner of drug for twenty dollars, but it was <laughs> that was kind of a disposable watch, you know. But a good decent watch that'll last you a while, you know. This is not this is not a bad price. I, I, I like that. That's a that's a good choice. All right, so my next one is not a wearable. I kind of um, ran out of steam on wearables, and I. I didn't have, I'm, I've got to do this for for four weeks, so I have a lot of gift ideas I didn't come up with, and this didn't fit anywhere else, so I'm sticking it here, so that's just going to deal with it. That's okay. I'm, I'm the host, so I get to do that. So this is um this is so fun. I just, just love this little thing. It's the Geek USB-C charger, okay? So it's a little wall wart USB-C charger, but it's so much more, okay? Because first... <laughs> It is cute because it looks like a, an old Mac SE 30. It's got the, even with the little disk drive <laughs> and it's got the old Mac OS face, but the face is not just decorative. It actually serves a function when it's charging. It's, it's green. It, it's a, it's a light. It, it, it lights up. Um, and when it's in fast charge mode, it turns blue. And when it's in uh, normal charge mo mode, it turns yellow. When it's in green, uh, when it's green, it's supercharged mode. And then there's a, um, uh, it just turns white when it's done charging. So it's not, so it detects how much power is being drawn through it, which is, which is great. Um, and then you, you can have, it comes with a bunch of stickers. You can change what the, what the face looks like. If you want to have a, think different or the classic hello. So it's a lot of fun. Um, it's, 
it's not cheap. It's $53, but this is a real USB-C fast charger. It's a 35 watt. I think it's 35. Um, it's a 35 watt fast charger that, you know, you stick in your, in your bag and you take with you and you, you, you ought to have something like this anyway, if you're out and about, you need to charge stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, this is a, this is a really nice one. So I, I had to throw it in there. Um, if anybody who gives me gifts is listening, this will be on my list. So you know, just keep that in mind. So, um, excellent. It is really cute. I mean, yeah, like, I like it hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I'm a sucker for these little like classic Mac things. I get, I get an Apple watch charger. That's the same thing. You know, it's, it's a classic Mac. So, uh, Thomas, I think you've got another one that you wanted to share as well. I've got one more because I, I want, I, I desperately want, uh smart glasses to be a thing like yeah. this 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 is just something that i really want and i the spectacles are actually really interesting so this is the snapchat um set of smart glasses they're really not terribly expensive um it's a light camera and has some uh audio capabilities in it so it it's really not as um overbearing i think as the google uh glass was but this is sort of moving in the direction that I think um, the glasses are going to get away with for a while, which is just it has a camera and some audio capability to it. Um, if if you prefer to go without the camera, there's one other that I'm including that's called the WGP Smart Audio Glasses. And these look cool because it's just over the ear audio capabilities, blue light blockers, basically. So if you're going to use some blue light blockers anyway, you might as well get the uh, headphones built into them so that you just kind of have them sitting over your ear ready to go. Nice, nice. I know. I, I mean, these how much were the uh, the spectacles? Did you, did you did you see where that was? I, I think I saw them for I think I'm saw them for one forty nine. Like they really yeah. I was surprised that that's that they were that cheap, honestly. I mean, they don't look great. I'll be honest; they no. they they're kind of blocky <laughs> really in, squ- in square. Um, but yeah. well, they have several different shapes. Uh, so if you don't like the blocky square ones, there's like some some oh, okay. uh, circular ones. But they are all high fashion. Yeah. So they're they're all weird, and they're not you're you're not going to get away with wearing them as a regular <laughs> pair of glasses. That's right. That's right. I mean, yeah. Do you guys remember the Oakley Thumps? Oh, the the ones with the head, the earphones. Yeah, mm-hmm. just oh. just made me think of those. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, next year they say Apple's going to come out with their AR glasses. Those are going to be ridiculously expensive at first, anyway. I mean, those will be mm-hmm. uh, my guess is fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. That's but they'll be they'll be perfect. I mean, they'll they'll look perfect right. and they'll <laughs> they'll be tiny and small, you know, whatever. But they'll be just ridiculously expensive. But you know, this is a fun. Less expensive way to get into it. That's for sure. Good. Yeah. I think for anybody that's into this kind of thing, it's a, you know, it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Now, one last thing I want to mention here in the area of gift giving is uh, the free software foundation has an ethical gift, uh, ethical tech giving guide. I put this in there just for the purposes of full information. They make recommendations for smartphones, personal computers, uh, and other tech devices. Um, that they think are cool. Keeping in mind, the Free Software Foundation is anti-proprietary anything. So, like, they recommend the replicant phone, which is, you know, very fringe. <laughs> uh, and they basically say, don't buy anything Apple. Yeah, Apple is the is is the meanie when it comes to open source or free so- software and that sort of thing. So, um, but. You know, there's a few things in here that are interesting. Like they have a VPN router that they mentioned. And there's some other uh, recommendations and thoughts, uh, things to think about. And so that might be something. You know, they talk about how to get DRM-free ebooks or DRM-free music or DRM-free video and things like that. So, you know, it's just if you want to, you know, look at some of this, it may be something to, to think about. We'll put that in the show notes as well. All right. So let's uh, move on. I want to thank our patrons first. We'll take a moment to thank the patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including JP, Seth H, Marianne R, Karen V, and Jeff K. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. 
Okay, so we, now we have some headlines we want to talk about. And the first one is something you may have heard recently where it came out that Amazon's Alexa, I've muted my Alexa in advance, by the way, so she's not responding to this, um, is a, apparently, at least according to this headline, which is just a tiny bit of clickbait, a colossal failure, losing <laughs> on pace to lose $10 billion this year for Amazon. So the the big thing is, is they haven't Amazon has not figured out a way to monetize uh, the Alexa voice assistant. Uh, and in fact, most people use it to start timers, turn on smart lights and play music. And that's pretty much it. Um, I don't know if you guys have an, an echo in your home. I guess you don't, Thomas. No. Um, no. One of the things I really hate about it is that it's constantly bugging me to do other things. You know, uh, <laughs> Alexa set a timer for 30 minutes. Okay. By the way, would you like to? No, shut up. Stop. Quiet. <laughs> oh, it's always, it's always like, it's, yeah. It's the dystopian future you never thought you wanted. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but it's always wanting to like to get me to do other things to buy stuff or put stuff on a shopping list or because really this was the idea. This was their whole Amazon's whole idea with making this was it would put a computer in your home that connects directly to the Amazon spigot and they would find a way to get you to buy more stuff from them using the spigot. I may have, I've had an echo for eight years, maybe, maybe even a little longer. I may have like bought something directly through it once. Like it's not important to me to do that. What do you guys think of this story about, but not just Alexa, but the Google assistant and even Siri kind of being on the, on the ropes. I think that this article is a little bit of hyperbole. I don't think these things are going anywhere. Um, I think they just have to figure out how to monetize them better. And this may be something where it ends up becoming a subscription service. Cause I think people forget that with anything that's free like this, like Gmail or YouTube or any of those services, if you're not paying for it, then you are the product. Mm -hmm. And so the way that these are paid for is by advertisements. And I would be interested to see how many people would be okay with paying like four ninety nine a month to have a Alexa subscription or a mm. the G Lady subscription or the Apple one, like Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's I think that that might be a way to to do that, but I don't know how successful that would even be. Mm. What about you, Thomas? I, I'll be honest. I have never had a good experience with uh, voice assistants. Like just, I, I more often end up yelling at my phone, trying to use a voice assistant and are am more distracted from the road because that's normally where I need it. Right. Where I'm, yep. I'm driving along and I'm like, Hey, uh, okay. Thing call so-and-so. Right. And then it'll, and it goes, it says something completely random or picks another person or, or whatever. And I'm just like, then I'm, then I'm completely distracted. I'm gone. Like I, I am not focused on the road, which is what I needed it to do right in the first place. And so, yeah, I, I don't like them. <laughs> I, I would like to see them go. I would like to see another technology replace them. Um, that's better. Uh, which is part of the reason that I really want smart, uh, glasses to catch up with right. what, what we need them to be doing. I mean, I think the big problem is, is they're not where they need to be yet. They're not that mm -hmm. good and they haven't progressed very far. I think, I mean, Alexa hasn't not very far in the past eight to 10 years. I mean, it's, it's progressed some, but we still have to speak to it using the phrases it will understand. You still have to carefully phrase your statements in order to get the response mm -hmm. you want. And that's, that's a terrible experience. I should be able to talk to it. Like I talked to a person. Hey, would you get me the thing over there? The, you know, the white one. Sure. Like figure it out from context. I know that's a very hard problem, but that's why people are frustrated with it. And they only use it for basic things for timer. I mean, I, we sometimes will use it to look stuff up online. You know, Alexa, what's the gross national product of the uh, United States in 2022 or something, you know, silly things like that. Um, in fact, we do that a lot at the dinner table with the kids ask questions and we'll, we'll, we'll yell out, Hey, you know, I'm stupid. What, what's the thing? And uh, I, I treat the devices like the devices they are. So I don't talk to people like that, but, um, the, but I, I gotta tell you, I feel like Siri is going to be the best off with this. I just had to look over, make sure it didn't go off uh, because 
A, Apple doesn't need to monetize Siri because it's mm-hmm. a it's a feature of products they're selling for a large amount of money that they're not losing right. money on. Unlike the Echoes, which, which I'm guessing it, Amazon loses money on them. Uh, I don't know for sure, but that's my guess. Um, and it does. Siri has improved a lot over the past, over the years. So it used to be really bad. It's better now. And I use it all the time to turn lights on and off to uh, turn on. I use it to turn on my TV because it's, it's kind of an Apple TV mm. and stuff like that. And, and change, you know, find a movie, change the, the not channels, but you know, streaming apps, that sort of thing. It works for the things I needed to do. And that's, it, it, I think it's, I don't think Apple has huge ambitions for Siri. Let's put it that way and not looking to monetize it. So I don't think voice assistants are doomed. I think uh, Alexa may, I don't, I wouldn't like Jack, you asked, I wouldn't pay five bucks a month for it. That's for sure. Yeah. I would just switch to Siri on everything and just do that. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, my guess is they'll, they'll be cutting back and it's not going to be improving much. Um, and in the echo devices, We'll see fewer of the of these crazy echoes. That's the other thing that you see is all these crazy different echoes that they get. Um, and they might be more expensive. That's my guess. I, you know what I would like to see, though? I would like to see them make an honest effort to to fix a, a one touch button to buy things that I get regularly, you know, and just so I can just stick it by that spot on the wall so that when it's running low, I just walk over and I go boop. And oh, to go back to that, they used to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would love to see I would love to see that be a viable tech that they create and like, you know, just make it make it so that I can attach it to whatever I want. You know, like it's it's a button that I can put somewhere in my house and program it, connect it to that thing that I rebuy. They actually had those a couple of years ago. Right. Right. And then they got rid of it as an April Fool's joke initially and then saw an actual need for it put it out and then it just kind of disappeared. So I don't know. Yeah. The dash buttons. I think the problem became you know, little kids pushing the button. So then they had to right. put another step in the middle so that you had to c- confirm. And then by that point, you're like, why don't I just like order it? Do you subscribe and save. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was, was <laughs> the alternative was subscribe and save. And they save money on sending these devices up, but it would be nice. There was always that promise again, back when in the eighties, when I was a kid, the smart home of the future, the smart fridge, right? You remember that you could open the fridge and it would keep inventory of what's in there. And when things got low, it would reorder it or put it on your shopping list. That's a hard problem to solve. Like mm-hmm. there's so much stuff in there. There's so many weird things. And how does it know when to, but you know, you just, you know, pattern recognition, all that sort of stuff. We need something, you know, that's, that's the next level. And we're, we keep butting up against it and we really haven't progressed very far in the past 10 years on this, I don't think. And I, and I think it's one that's going to be challenging if, if anybody wants to try and solve the home assistant problem or the, the virtual assistant problem. Yeah, uh, it's that's it's a tall order because I, and I'll just give you the example from me. This is the thing that always bothers me. Like I will say to my phone, call my wife and I use my last name and I state my last name the way that yeah. I state it. <laughs> And they say it back a different way. At least they get it sometimes, but they say oh, it back no, a different way. It's like, yes, <laughs> I think the three of us are all in the same boat. Like we've got, hey, Italians exist. You know what I mean? You know, we don't don't erase us. Say our names the way we, they, you should. But yeah, yeah, that is that is a problem. Um, so our next story uh, is this headline: Are you ready for workplace brain scan- scanning? So, I mean, this sounds really horrific at first, but then you dig into it. It may not be so bad. So the idea is the whole like brain scan, the EEG, the electroencephalogram, where they put like all those electrodes in your head, that's progressed and that's gotten much better. And now they figured out a way to do this with fewer electrodes and able to scan, scan your brain and get particular bits of data. And this article talks about a couple of different ways you're looking at using that in the workplace. One is was really interesting that the, the use case that they, they, they uh, give the example they give is of a TSA x-ray inspector. So as the bags are flowing by in the conveyor belt, you know, on the, see the x-ray on the screen, they're looking for bombs and guns. Okay. And they only have so much time between them. And what happens is the brain scanner, their brain sees the pattern of the, you know, they seize the gun before they can speak much faster than you can say something or even touch a button or alert. 
And so what they found is that they can show three images a second to a, someone who's trained to, to look for these things. And their brain is seeing it, even if they're not registering it. And so when they're mm-hmm. done, it will bring up all the images that had the, 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 you know, the gut and it's, and it's right. And it's kind of fascinating to see so that they're looking at, you know, you, it's about keeping your attention. So you you have to be paying attention. It's not a passive thing. You have to be focused and that's kind of hard. And you also have to be trained. It's not just anyone can do it. You have to be someone who knows what you're looking for. But if that's the case, it, it shows it to you. So that's one use case. Another one is this other company that's got these Bluetooth headphones with brain scanners in them that can be used for monitoring well-being in the workplace. And I be well-being in, in scare quotes. <laughs> Because all the all these managers now they want to quantify are people stressed are people productive, and so this sort of thing is supposed to be providing objective brain metrics to managers. Now, it says that they're not going to be showing the brain metrics of individuals to the managers, but only aggregate, uh, so that they can see like um, what time of the day employees are most focused or stressed. And when they make this change, what happens? And I'm, I was watching some, I get like, Oh, I, I, I get a little like this. This could be very bad, but what do you guys think of this? I'll give my opinion on it, but what do you guys think of this? I think that this is particularly in the case of the workplace well-being. This is, in line with all those other terrible corporate ideas and how to keep employees happy when the way to keep employees happy is to pay them more and treat them like human beings, not track them and track their metrics. Like I don't see that going well at all. I think the other one, like basically augmenting someone's brain to scan things. I find that interesting. I, I feel like in the particular use case it talks about in the article, you could just, use machine learning and have a camera do the same thing. But I do think the technology is interesting, but again, I just, I don't, I don't want any sort of corporation or government entity putting electrodes on my head to track anything about me. So (laughs) that's kind of where I fall with that. It does make me, uh, I don't know if y'all watch the it crowd, but there's an episode where, uh, (laughs) the, uh, the boss gets all into tracking people's stress and it makes me think of that. It's it's very funny. (laughs) Definitely. Well, it's it's funny you you mentioned the the um, AI thing because this is actually an area where humans are better um, because they they can intuit the shapes better than um, computers can. Uh, even mm-hmm. even with as far as we've gotten with AI, um, there's still a lot of room uh, for error there and a lot of room to be tricked uh, as an AI. Whereas a, a human can kind of intuit that shape much better, but they doubt themselves. They second guess themselves, which is the thing that this kind of does away with that um, second guessing slash other focus uh, and takes their direct input and, and just uses that input raw instead of filtered through their own uh, thought processes, which is really neat. Yeah. I, as to the other, I, I don't want to be a corporate lab rat. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm, <laughs> well, you know, the thing I was going to mention was like this idea that, as if you can quantify people by numbers, like like everything can be boiled down to a chart or a or a number, and it's just that's dehumanizing. That's not you're not a good boss in that case. You know what I mean? A good boss, like you said, Jack, pay people well, treat them like adults, expect them to do their job. That's that should be enough. You know, listen mm-hmm. to them. That's another one. Listen to your employees. They're usually not lying to, to you. They 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 want to do a good job, but by and large, the idea that you know, I could just picture a boss like tweaking. What if we turn the lighting up by eight percent? Right. Then we have this effect over here of increased productivity by three percent, and it's like I can just imagine. Oh, I mean, in some ways, it kind of reminds me of. Um, the Apple TV plus series severance, you know, like, which uh, if you haven't seen it, it's, it, it's, it's not the same thing, but it's like, it feels like a lab experiment that uh, I'm not Mm -hmm. sure what's going on in the show yet, but it really feels like somebody's experimenting on people. And that's kind of what it feels like. It's, it's almost like a a lab experiment and just no, no. (laughs) And, And this is, I like, I'm a total data nerd. And I know exactly what I would do if I had this kind of power in my hands right, and it right. would be that kind of stuff, which and, and it wouldn't be out of a sense of malice. It would just be out of a sense of curiosity. Like, well, I wonder what would happen 
you know yeah. and it's uh, no i do not need that i don't need that temptation for me and i definitely don't want to give it to someone else right mm. well he's like you know if we decrease their breaks by three minutes we get you know so much more uh productivity out of them no no just no yeah. don't don't do this sort of thing <laughs> this path is a bad path to go down so speaking of bad paths uh our last headline um is about a story you may have heard about. It's a little, the head, the, the actual story I'm going to talk about is a little dated. It's a month, about a month old, but, and things have changed since then uh, in the social media world. But the headline is leaked documents outline the department of Homeland Security's plans to police disinformation. So what it is, is so they've got this information out of the DHS about how it's been working with big tech companies to police disinformation online and to counteract it. And I feel torn about this one because on the one hand, I dislike the idea of the government having a disinformation police and, uh, you know, regulating what regular citizens can say online and making certain things disappear with a turn of the algorithm on Facebook or Twitter. On the other hand, I also dislike Russia or China or some other bad actor using this tech and bots and trolls and disinformation to manipulate our society. So what do you guys think? I mean, where, where's the, where, is there a happy middle ground in this? I think it's being stuck between a rock and a hard place. Honestly, I don't trust foreign governments to do this kind of thing. Well, and I don't trust our government to do it well <laughs> anytime, but our government e- does it well. <laughs> <laughs> I do it too well. I'll let you finish, but I got some stuff to say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's even the with good intentions, this kind of thing. Just no, I'm I'm not down for it. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Thomas? All right. So there was also another recent report about this particular kind of stuff from the social media sites, and they uh, did a rundown of who spent the most on disinformation out of the big three, which is China, Russia, and the U.S. And it was by far and away Russia. Russia just dramatic amount of spending on uh, disinformation campaigns and largely uh, you know I, I think that there are some societal things that we have discovered about ourselves in the u.s that we can fix <laughs> that uh, we're yeah. definitely resultant of that disinformation campaign but for the most part it didn't destabilize anything it didn't like just wreck the system whereas the Americans spent the least on disinformation campaigns. We did do different disinformation. There are there are plenty of examples of it that that have shown up in these um uh, in these systems, and I would say that it's been wildly effective because there are many regions of the world that are destabilized in a way that benefits democracy and freedoms that are values that we espouse that would be more. Uh, more amenable to our kind of uh, alliance with them. So I don't know what they were doing, but it seems like our values are kind of spreading more broadly and destabilizing some big systems at the moment. And you can blame it on all sorts of things. Iran, <coughs> China. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything particular, but that's definitely yeah. one that I'm thinking of. And it's like, because the things that they're upset about right now are things that have been going on for years. It's not like this is a new yeah. thing or a sudden thing, or it's so uh, blatantly awful that it, that it just caused this, um, this debate. So I, I feel like if, if, if we are doing this, we're economically winning this this disinformation battle. Interesting, as as Americans. Um, but I don't know. I, I I see value in us paying more attention to it. But I think that rather than having a centralized system that navigates this, I would like to see the the enforcement of this on the platforms itself incentivized. And I think that would be a better approach to it. Hmm. I think maybe, I don't know if I misunderstood just through like reading the article, the way I took it was this was them policing what they considered to be disinformation on services to U.S. citizens themselves. And Mm -hmm. that's the, that would be the issue I would have is that they would decide what is disinformation and silence that. Right. And because, because the other report, I'll I'll see if I can find a link to this other report too, because one of the things that the other report was saying was that these, these social media companies have a definition they like have an actual functional definition of what uh, a disinformation campaign looks like it 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 behaves differently on their system than just regular information being passed out and so they they don't care what it is once it meets that kind of 
pattern of behavior, they get rid of it. And so I would like to see that incentivized more rather than a, a determined this thing is disinformation because I the government's notoriously bad at like right. <laughs> at recognizing patterns and being able to just uh, equally apply a, a solution to it. Yeah. Elon Musk was tweeting the other day about how they've they can see like there are certain uh, accounts that hit the rate limiters like they just they suddenly start f- flushing out uh, tweets faster than a human being could possibly send them out and mm-hmm. and so they and he didn't like go, go into detail of course about it but yeah like there's a pattern that they see from the bots and there's a spread so they they know how to identify a a bot campaign whatever that campaign is um and that's the thing is i think most people is okay with that nobody wants to see bots you know networks taking over but it's what most people's lived experience is getting a flag on an innocuous post on, mm-hmm. you know, or, you mm-hmm. know, getting the uh, fact check and that sort of stuff. And it's it's frustrating to people because they know I didn't say anything that is demonstrably untrue or is disinformation. And it feels like you're getting labeled like you've done something bad and people just don't want people don't want to be told your free speech, the thing that your opinion even doesn't have to be a fact, but your opinion is bad. I don't think I think that's what most people are worried about, whereas stopping bad actors, you know, in in organized campaigns, they don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. So uh, and just as a, you know, a sort of an example of what you're talking about with the um, the way the, the U.S. government can sometimes um bring about change in very subtle ways. It reminds me of back in the late eighties when the U S government supplied uh, solidarity, the Polish freedom movement, the Polish labor union with fax machines, which the, mm-hmm. the Polish government didn't have. And so they communicated faster than the Polish government did, which enabled them to do more and may have contributed in, in a, in a substantial way to the fall of the iron curtain. So you know, that sort of activity. So it makes you curious what kind of in what ways are they empowering protesters in places like Iran and China and that sort of stuff. Kind of interesting. So um, I guess that does it for our headlines. So let's move on to our picks of the week. And uh, Thomas, I'll let you go first. All right. So this one's kind of a a, a silly, nerdy thing, uh, but it's called the battery organizer. <laughs> and it's it's just a a case that you store batteries in. Um, but it also has like a little uh, multimeter in it that uh, is specifically for batteries. So it's not like wires and everything. You just put the battery in and close it up and it measures how uh, the charge that's left on the battery. Um, I love this thing. Oh, yeah. I, I just it is it is fantastic because I can tell my kids, hey, just go grab a couple of double A's. They know which pocket inside of the battery organizer the double A's live in. So they can just go pop it open and grab them out. It stores a lot of batteries. Um, and a lot of different sizes of batteries too. So A, A cells, D cells, uh, all double A's, triple A's, lots of double A's. Uh, it, it even has space for the little, um, disc batteries that you get. So you can mm-hmm. stick some disc batteries in there. Sierra uh, 2032s. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just, it's fantastic. And it's, it's a dumb one that I like, I haven't, I haven't thought of it. And I, I, the, the reason I recommend it is because I tripped on it on my way into the, to the office tonight. <laughs> and I was like, that is like a perfect tech pick. I really need to to recommend that one to people. <laughs> it's, I have I have a uh, similar one I've had for ages. Um, although the, I like this a little better because it's slots. This is like racks that you slide them in, mm-hmm. but they they tend to fall out of that. I like this one better. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's such a nice little way to just organize and you know where to go when you need a battery. You're not rooting around in a drawer. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really nice. And this thing's sturdy too. This thing's like a really good solid build. The it's got a see-through lid on it so you can see the batteries, but it's a, a good solid lid that when you close it, it actually snaps shut and nothing's going anywhere. That's awesome. Do they, they also have a toolbox version too. That's nice. When they get mm-hmm. put in, put toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if they, if they link to where you can find it. If I, if I can find a Amazon link, I'll, I'll give that because it doesn't look like they have a, yeah. a purchase link on their <laughs> they, website. They, you can find them on Amazon, though. If you just search for the battery organizer on Amazon, nice. you'll, okay. you'll run into them. I'll, I'll yeah. try to get that link into the show notes. Excellent. I need this from my garage. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. Everyone needs one, something like that. 
Uh, Jack, what have you got for a pick this week? All right. Uh, my pick of the week is an app that I found very useful. Um, over the past uh, few months, I decided to get sober and I am using uh, this app called Everything AA. Um, it's a fantastic app that basically has all the literature for Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, it's got the big book, the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, all that different stuff. It has a sobriety counter. Um, which is really nice and it just contains it all in one place. So if you're out and about and you don't want to take the books with you, you have it all on this app and it's free on both iOS and Android. And it's been a fantastic resource for me. That's fantastic. Awesome. Um, does it link to meetings and stuff? Does it, oh yeah, it has a meeting finder. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, depending on, you know, wherever you are, you just put in your location. It'll show you where all the meetings are. That's awesome. Great. That's a really nice pick. Excellent. And I'm glad that you uh, are getting well. So awesome. Thank you. So my pick this week is an app called Widget Wall. So I I love having widgets on the desktop. So you can have widgets on your phone. I love, I've always loved having widgets on my desktop for my, my computer. And back in the day, I had Geek Tool. In fact, I still use Geek Tool, even though it's no longer officially supported under Mac. I will use it until the day it stops working. Um, <laughs> Widget Wall is not exactly as powerful as geek tool you could you can use shell scripts and stuff in geek tool um widget wall doesn't quite do that yet but so but widget wall does do a few different things um it can you put a calculator on your screen you can put photo like uh, this goes on the wallpaper so it's underneath all your apps it just lives there and you know if you if you have a mac and you you do the the if you have a trackpad i mean um if you do the four fingers uh swipe open you know the 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 reverse pinch it makes all your uh windows go to this you know clear out and you can see your desktop and so i do that all the time to see oh yeah i want to see what the temperature is outside and boom i do that or um that sort of stuff so widget wall is really great it's um uh, let's see what was i saw the pricing earlier it is 10 dollars a year in the uh app store However, you know what's coming next. It's available on SetApp. So it's if you are a SetApp subscriber, you get that with it for no additional cost. So, um, you know, so if you if you subscribe to if you subscribe to SetApp, you just, you know, try it out. I have uh, I have something similar on Linux. It's called Conky. Um, but uh, <laughs> but you have to basically write this stuff in yourself. So, you yeah. know, as as per Linux, <laughs> the difference between Apple and Linux is Apple. You just, you know, you just swipe it in there and it's done. But with me, I'm like sitting there like learning shell scripting and <laughs> figuring out how to write the back end of it. <laughs> That's what Geek Tool was for me, because you have to you'll learn that I have like Ruby scripts running like the seven day forecast that it's pulling off of Dark Skies API that is going away next nice. year. Um, I have to figure uh, out the new Apple weather API because they bought Dark Sky. But it was so much fun to learn that, though, to, to figure out how mm -hmm. to get it on there. And I even have it um, putting the temperature from my smart home monitors. So I know what the temperature is here in my office and the temperature um, in the other room. Uh, so it's like on my desktop. So oh, I'm like, cool. how hot is it in here? Oh. Oh, it's 75. I better turn the fan on. Oof. You know, whatever, that sort of thing. Or get the heater on. Um, so it's it was a lot of fun to figure that out. Then I hope that Widget Wall gets to that point where they try to get a little more geeky with things. But right now it's get some basic widgets that they provide to you. So that's a nice little thing. That's cool. All right. So that should do it for this time. We would love to hear any of your thoughts on what we've discussed in our, our Christmas gift ideas. If you have wearables Christmas gift ideas, we'd love to hear those. We'll, we'll read those out on a future episode. Uh, you can comment on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. Send an email to technology at sqpn.com. Visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. We, we have a very active channel that's uh, for the secrets of tech. Lots of folks there talking about things. You can find links from our discussion and our picks of the week and our gift ideas on our show notes at sqpn.com. Remember to like each episode of Secrets of Tech on Facebook, on Twitter, where we're at sqpn. We're on Instagram at StarQuest Network and leave us comments where you find us. We want to thank James for his research assistance in this episode. And until next time, Jack Barazzini, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thanks, Tom. And Thomas Sinerho, thank you as well. It's been good. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest. Oh. 
Hi everyone, this is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts may be tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com give. That's sqpn.com give. May God bless you this Advent, and may you have a blessed Christmas season.